Everybody, welcome to Reckless Attack, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Hello, players. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Nathan. Hello. As as suggested, I am indeed DM Nathan here to shepherd my beautiful players through yet another evening of adventure and delight. Uh, thank you all for joining us once more. Uh, excited. Uh, there's uh, some 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 things to resolve now. Uh, just to clarify, mm-hmm. when you say shepherd, yeah. you are not you are <laughs> okay. not referring to the big bad evil the shepherd. NPC. Yeah. I am saying nothing. <laughs> I have I am using my words very intentionally. This and is how Nate drops hints about the campaign just yeah. in the opening. <laughs> yeah, right. right. He just like waggles his eyebrows at us. The, di- like, yeah. <laughs> the different ways that I've introduced the podcast as an actual play, fifth edition Dragons and Dungeons by uh, actual play is actually all Morse code. Mm-hmm. And so if you translate it, it really just outlines. If you actual outlines. play, you get <laughs> mm-hmm. some other kind of words. Exactly. But before we get to the, uh, I won't say the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers, because we've had some real banger cliffhangers. Before we get to this major cliffhanger resolution, uh, hey, players, could you please introduce yourself? And we will leave you, who I will point to off mic, for last, you, you troublemaker. You, the audience. I will leave Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Asterlin, the dragonborn monk, who at this particular time has not quite vowed himself to never eat beans, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. Who <laughs> I did a little dance to it. It was yeah, nice. It was very <laughs> musical. It was a good time. David, uh, Dwarven Warlock. Yeah. Who will also never look at beans quite the same way again, or any pot of dirt, or checkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't bear to look at checkers yeah. anymore. <laughs> we had it, it was going so well. It was going all according to plan. Yeah, and now it's going better. <laughs> I guess I'm in timeout. So, uh... <laughs> so it's me. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I play Velasca Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And Val. We'll look at checkers and beans the same way because really she should have expected this. <laughs> and beans are just too protein packed and That's nutritious true. to really cut out of diet. A key part of mm-hmm. all rounded and uh, rounded diets. Mm-hmm. And now you. Yeah, I'm just saying, isn't this really the key to being the best adventurer? Is to expect the unexpected from checkers, the Grung Druid, and his <laughs> from members of your own party, <laughs> yeah, right? And his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. <laughs> I, I'm just excited that we only got we made it to episode 46 before we got to any PvP. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know yet. We'll see how the the roll on the bag mm-hmm. of beans goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, checkers is having a great time today. I'm waiting for that one job that we have where something goes horribly, horribly like sideways, but yet you mean we, we are perfectly calm and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. because we have been prepared for it right. by checkers, mm-hmm. by something he had done yeah. previously. That's <laughs> yeah. I would just imagine like distant future when checkers somehow is left to chaperone new recruits. Oh and my god. Just like in the middle of the night, like surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Here, here's one I used on my first group of adventurers. 
<laughs> Except with the way that Grung are, this is in like four years yeah. from now. Yeah, basically. That it's just old man checkers. <laughs> right. Just, just absolutely terrorizing Throw new down members. A bag of beans. Uh, I'll train the run. first recruits like this. <laughs> I imagine like Kashkrin would train just like normal, ordinary, well-prepared soldiers. And they're all just like standing in a line, like in formation. Yes. And then checkers just has his group of like guerrilla fighters. Right. And yeah. all of them are like decked out in trash. Or, or just like, or just like kindergarten class. Yeah. <laughs> like not literally, but spiritually. just it's kindergartners running around terrorizing (laughs) but somehow you guys have become the model for the golden tree so they're like well you need a wild card in every group i don't i can't explain why it's important but it is important don't worry about it and that is checkers's job and why are we saying all of this about everyone's favorite beloved frog stack grung druid checkers why that's because last time there was an incident. There was an, an a tactic was deployed. How many times have we used that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am sure not enough, nor will it be the last time. A, a very, I think, productive and lovely library board. <laughs> we, it, D&D is a good game. Uh, a library board meeting where you guys were trying to convince them to be allowed into the library's restricted section which has not allowed anyone into for as since the ultra giants. Uh, it has been magically sealed off as too dangerous to enter into, but you believe there is key information there for helping out your allies of the bones. It was again, I think going, going pretty well. It was your vibes. This I yeah. think pretty solid. Yeah. yeah I, think a, strong I think a good, a good 75% of the presentation was why we should be allowed in. <laughs> and then the 25% that's coming up is why we should not be allowed well, in. You know, who's to say, <laughs> but, but you know, you got to kind of balance I don't it know. out. The gnome was falling asleep. Yeah. Getting a little, uh, you know, perk him up a little bit, you know, <laughs> give him a show. Exactly. If you sleep through a vote, that's like voting. Yes. That's at least in this instance. Um, and, and Checkers was trying to look to, to bridge a gap, as we said, you know, try to make sure that everyone, mm-hmm. regardless of how serious of a librarian they were, was on board and to truly prove like, no, we are ready. Not only are we ready for anything, but we're willing to do anything, anything that was required to get us all through this mission, make sure everyone is safe, the library is safe, the city is safe. And, and Jonathan, what did Checkers do? Checkers uh, pulled out his trump card, the bag of beans. <laughs> That's actually written uh, is that on the magic it now? Item card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, in order to show that, again, the golden tree is capable of surviving any catastrophic event that happens. And we were waiting with bated breath as to re- the results of the bag of beans. That we were. I didn't, I didn't write it down. I remember the, I'm pretty sure the roll was 57. Uh, I definitely remember it because it's all you to roll for the magic effects of the magic item bag of beans. Uh, there's a D100 table, and I think I'm pretty sure it was 57, but I definitely remember the the band of mm. I, I remember the outcome. Mm-hmm. So I would like to enter into just a microsecond before whatever's about to happen happens. <laughs> You all are seeing, this is like Zack Snyder level slow motion, like cameras moving at micro fractions of a second. It's it's just like, it's almost a picture that is lightly moving. What is everyone doing <laughs> and how are they reacting in this just split second as like, 
Checkers is spiking a, be- a bean <laughs> onto the ground, and whatever is about to happen is about to happen. Selv kind of puts his hands out, and you can see the words, no. <laughs> yep, perfect. Uh, forming. Um, but uh, as part of the presentation, Selv had up the uh, the control flame spell because he was kind of making images right. in, in some of the fire. And all of those images also kind of like, even though there's no there's not a lot of detail they just kind of look like abstract figures you could see hands go out with all of those figures <laughs> and, and and like and some of them are, are are kind of like up in a defensive uh position <laughs> like about to about to ward off whatever yeah, is taking gonna, cover is becoming and and selve his other hand one hand out uh, as he was saying no the other hand is kind of reaching back for his staff which is not within arm's length because yeah. he had because <laughs> why had, would it be he had figured well we'd be okay here we're in the library <laughs> what you know i can just rest this against the wall and not have to worry about it Kaskarin is at the same moment as self reaching forward towards the bag of beans <laughs> and towards checkers but then also like tilts his head left and sees the the four or the five board members. Uh, four of them are kind of like, "What are you doing?" And one of them is just like, "Hell yes!" Hey, Catalogomancer <laughs> Francis Tally Ballywine. Yeah, and he is like, he sees the expression on Francis's face, and his arms change from like being outstretched to like pushing everyone back yeah, slowly. Yeah, just, and just keeping like, your hands yeah. out, being being a wall. Yeah, right. Just like, no, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Val is trying to play it cool. Like, this is part of the plan. Yeah. Where, like, her eyes have gone wide, and there was, like, a jolt where she was like, I need to stop this. Yep. And was like, then she looked at the board and was like, nope, yep. totally part of the presentation. <laughs> but she's just, like, slowly, like, moving her holy symbol into her hand. Yep. Of, like, <laughs> We're here now. I can't stop this. Something is going to happen. I can only be prepared for what's about to happen. And Jonathan, what is going through Checkers' face, mind, (laughs) expression in this split second? So the way I'm imagining this is like it's kind of a large pot, like a ceramic pot of dirt. And Checkers has just got like his little hands over the, the lid, over the lip of the hot just like <laughs> gleefully waiting for this bean to sprout and then like to his right is junior also in the same position <laughs> and then to his left is like the big head of mango we're all just like staring waiting <laughs> for this bean to sprout dangerously close to what's about to happen but cannot peel our eyes away and you can you can see again all of this is happening over checkers shoulder you see the adventuring guild to one side is exactly you see several people on the board actively recoiling <laughs> a couple kind of like just frozen in you're not sure whether it is interest terror fight or flight and one very key, very enthusiastic, very garishly dressed gnome is leaning forward with a similar energy to Checkers. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. Yes. Since you have done this, uh-huh. roll me a D4, please. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. A D4. That is a three. Okay. So the camera pans all across the room. It catches the guild. It catches the board members. It catches the clerk whose uh, arms are made of wind, just kind of like ducking behind her little stenographer's (laughs) desk. And it rests on checkers and the frog stack. 
and then imagine like a camera cut to the door that you guys entered into. And there's just a moment of pause while everyone waits for what's going to happen. And then you all hear. (laughs) (laughs) And we cut back to checkers and the three frogs peering into this. And right where you placed the bean and pushed it into the ground, Mm -hmm. a small, bright pink toad (laughs) (laughs) climbs out of the pot. It is very small. It is very cute. (laughs) And it kind of just like gets its bearings, like stands up on top of the dirt licks its eyeball, looks up at you, and makes another eerily deep (laughs) and then no one has reacted (laughs) still. (laughs) And then slowly, you see more and more little webbed feet stick out and climb out of the dirt as a total of 11 little pink toads start climbing and hopping around. Checkers, as you are the person, the easily, the first person, maybe the only person who has a clear view of what exactly is happening as everyone else is kind of catching up. What do you do in that like little second that you have before everyone starts reacting to what just happened? Yeah, Checkers' face goes from like excited to confused to like (laughs) a little bit like disappointed because he thought there was... And he almost like tries to reach for one thinking that, you know, is this going to explode or something? Like, (laughs) What do you do? Um... Do you touch it? Yeah, Checkers is going to, like, touch the first one that came up, look at it, and then just, like, go to put it in his hat next to Junior. (laughs) So you lift up this little frog, and it looks at you. Uh And you make deep froggy eye contact in the way that only (laughs) only you truly understand. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think Checkers would actually ask it, who are you in frog? (laughs) Cool. So you look down and you in <laughs> and you in frog <laughs> ask who are you? And I guess it opens it goes to open its mouth to rib it back. And its little mouth opens up and it looks straight at you. And then it twitches. Oh no. What? <laughs> and then it starts twitching again. And twitches a third time until it starts like spasming in ways that define physics and matter and mortal life. And then, as you hold it in your hand, and your hand is just like shaking as this thing is also shaking, Mm -hmm. you all see this tiny frog expand and expand (laughs) and morph and expand until it is your size. And then it keeps expanding. And it is just this strange like roiling pile of not like I guess it's flesh but it's not like grotesque it is just your brain cannot comprehend what is happening (laughs) until you all see again this is all happening in a snap moment a medium sized creature slowly stands up and it seems to have you guys are like I'm imagining all of your eyes just kind of like starting from the ground and like 
raising up as you are looking at it stand. I'm even... Oh, so is it just the one frog that's doing this, or is it all of them? It is one oh, okay. right now. Oh, okay. Okay, what's happening as it stands is it, up? Is it bipedal? Uh, well, let me answer that question for you. You see two stubby legs that are, like, weirdly, like, white-ish, like, woody, a wood-like white. And you kind of go up, and it very quickly goes into a very thick, stumpy body, and which extends up several feet. There appears to be no arms on this creature, but at the top of it is this... You think for a second, like, it's wearing a colorful hat or something, but you realize it is actually the cap of a very colorful mushroom that is the same bright pink color, but spotted as the tiny toad that it once was. Hmm. And you see it kind of like, it stands there, no arms, just like a weird upright mushroom. And then it, then two eyes open (laughs) and they're beady, horrible eyes. And it looks down at checkers and then somewhere below its eyes, not where a mouth should be, but where a mouth is, <laughs> somewhere in its midsection, it just opens up and goes Mah! and goes to start attacking checkers. Uh, I cast oh, how, no. does, how does everyone I, react? I, I cast spirit guardians. <laughs> I'm just, you know the, that like meme where it's just like people's eyes and then their mm-hmm. mouths just talking, just uh. like superimposed on an image? Yes. That is 100% this mushroom. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, how do you guys, we don't need to actually roll initiative or anything like that. How do you react to to this particular occurrence. This is not what I was expecting, <laughs> yeah. and uh, thanks, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Checkers will kick it in the shins and run away. <laughs> Kaskrin is like, oh, this is, like, he's trying to protect uh, yep. <laughs> Val and Cell from this, but seeing this giant mushroom, he, like, runs in to tackle it and kind of, like, shove it back into the dirt. Yep. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Checkers reacts the fastest, kicks him in the shin <laughs> and then like backs away right. as do all the other frogs mm-hmm. Val goes you already you were already going for your holy symbol how is Selv reacting <laughs> Selv will make a um, kind of a diving roll towards his staff and avoid touching any of the little tiny <laughs> yeah they're uh, all pretty much frogs. still contained in the pot thus far is there uh, and and uh, grab the staff and just look around for any kind of cover that can be put on top of the pot to try to contain the little tiny ones that haven't crawled out yet. We'll, we'll say that there is one giant, like comically large book that is, you know, like I'd imagine a pretty big pot, but Mort- this is Morgan like King's tome of everything. Right. This yeah. is like a three by three book that is like the ultimate coffee table book yeah. for giants <laughs> that it happens to be on the desk that you can see right, right will, next to you will, for uh, some reason. Yeah. I will, we'll, we'll grab that book and we'll just slap it down on top. Of Start the, moving uh, that direction. Yeah. yeah. And what do we see emerging from your holy symbol and surrounding Val? I think as Val casts this so quickly, and because she misses them, they, in a 15-foot area around her, there's just multiple Vakris. Mm. Uh, which is very... That brandish a book. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you guys all see this. Go ahead. I just wanted to... So it's one giant mushroom person and still 10 small frogs? Well, David, I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. Oh, no. It was. Because it, it was, David. Uh, you 
are you remain in protector mode, right? And you are go, you go and you charge and you successfully tackle this thing. And I'm really hoping that by putting the mushroom person back into the dirt, it can kind of reverse all of this. <laughs> so he's just trying to shove them all back in. Why? Yeah, it's one of those things where like, well, why wouldn't it work? Yeah, like, it makes sense. He's like trying to shield this from the uh, the library board. Just like, nobody look at this. <laughs> no, one, no one look at how I terrible I must hide my shame. <laughs> uh, and you tackle this thing and you like pin this thing down and like kind of are grinding it into the dirt almost. And then you hear more and more. Rap, 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 nope, nope. And I'm imagining Kaskrin like pauses and then like lifts up this mushroom thing just enough to like look under it and you realize you guys have been rolling around on all the other frogs. <laughs> oh gosh. Slowly you see all of them start to do this horrible transformation and start making, instead of cute frog noises, ah! as, noises. As Val sees that they're starting to grow, she casts Magic Missile uh, and casts each of them gets a missile, so she like yeah. <laughs> knocks out five Just of them right away. Yeah, I would like to add to Valeska's attempt to uh, stop these things. Texas is going around just like trying to kick some of these frogs before they start transforming. <laughs> but he's also he's also trying to like keep the 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 uh, the presentation going. Yeah, it's like yeah, the, well, the, as you can it, see, yeah. <laughs> we are prepared for anything. <laughs> the golden tree guild <laughs> is ready for any situation. <laughs> <laughs> and as Checkers kicks them, I imagine Val, like her magic missiles are just knocking the tiny toads back as like when Errant One gets kicked towards the library. <laughs> yeah, right. Her missile comes in and just shoots it back right. towards us. Just contain. This, contain. She's, like, she's with Checkers. Like this is part of the presentation, but like... Gotta make sure the library board doesn't step in at this point. Like we are handling this situation. Yep. Uh, and so if you have your staff is nearby, but you also have this gigantic book in your hands that you have. I, you, I'm not going to make you like roll to wield or anything like well, that. If it's, uh, uh, how do you react? You see them growing. You see them whatever. Uh, you can use it as a monk weapon if you care yeah, to. That's I, fine. I guess, well, I guess the frog's out of the pot now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Selv will just use the book almost like a shield to maybe push <laughs> as many of them back into a corner as he can. Yeah, well, I'm imagining everyone, like everyone sees the spirit guardians start to whip up around Val. So you guys very quickly, like I'm imagining like Kaskrin is now like has like two or three of them in headlocks. <laughs> yeah. That is just like, gotta just walk them over to Val. And and, and you're like magic missling them back towards you. And Checkers is like just kneecapping them yeah. to like make sure they're not like running out. Mm -hmm. And then... You guys, <laughs> in this horrific display, just turn these mushrooms into, like, stir-fry. Yeah. <laughs> as just spirits and magic missiles and headlocks and large books to the face all just, like, turn them into mushroom ribbons that are just, like, standing there. As this is all happening, we'll say, like, about a minute passes. And as all of they, them turn to shreds, there's just a moment. And then they all just kind of, like wither and disappear <laughs> and the library board looks down at you all in roughly the same amount of feeling that they had been of a degree of shock, excitement, horror and interest and Kaskrin is like huddled down on the ground like just having like yeah. cupped one over <laughs> so he's like kneeling and like his head's down and he like turns to them ta-da <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs>
Enid Grassleaf, who is the head researcher, is one of the ones who is just kind of frozen and watching you guys and not horror, not in immediate horror, and just very quickly like sees that like all of this has happened and is like, thank you for your presentation. Um, do you have any f- any final words you'd like to share? Can I also ask, how did Francis react to this display over the minute? And how did... Oh, he was clapping. Okay. <laughs> I'm, thank you for asking. He was standing in his chair and clapping and is actively hollering right now. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! That was really cool! We get a standing ovation for yeah. Francis. Yes. Yeah. As Enid asks for closing statements, Val will step forward and say... Thank you for allowing us to bring a little spontaneity to our presentation. We wanted to ensure you knew we could, as my colleague Checkers put it, handle anything. And they're all like, they're all nodding along. Where it's like, I mean, yeah, that's that is true. That is true. I'm waiting for a librarian to just burst in and just be like, shh. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a silence yeah. on the outside <laughs> Probably of the door true. or something. I understand that this is an unusual ask of the library board to delve somewhere that embodies the unknown. But is that not why this is our passion? Is this not why we strive to learn? To go forth into that darkness and bring the light. As horrified as they were at first, as soon as you guys like essentially started talking again and were like, yep, this is all under control, everyone was like, yeah. Like, are you not entertained? Yeah. Kind of, where everyone, like, they are weirdly cool with what just happened. <laughs> and they just like nod and a couple of them, you know, shuffle papers, jot something down kind of to the side. And Francis tally belly one who is still standing on his chair says i believe it is time for a vote and everyone nods and he says i vote i (laughs) and he raises his hand very high above his head and going down the line everyone makes eye contact with you and raises their hand in some degree of approval or solemnity And there's a moment of pause where they're all looking at you. You guys are feeling like, oh, cool. Like, we got it. Like, there's that moment. And you see them all kind of look down at Serval Rentado, the head in a jar. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happens for a second. And then the tank flashes green. (laughs) No reaction at all from the head. It just flashes green for one moment. And everyone then looks back at you, and one of them says, Congratulations, your proposal has been approved. And they all kind of like give you like a polite scholar clap uh, as they all look at you. Gosh, I'm just like, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming. We will work out the details, the timing, what have you, at your leisure. But that can be handled outside of a proper board meeting. We appreciate your time and your dedication here today, and we look forward to what is to come and wish you nothing but success. And you see Violet Fairbreeze, the stenographer, stand up and kind of all smiles and kind of goes to usher you guys out, having concluded your business here. 
and she says, congratulations, that was definitely one of the most exciting library board meetings in at least the last couple of weeks. But that's really exciting. Going into the restricted section. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hi, my name is my name is Violet. Hi, Violet. We discussed that. I Val knows. Yes. Violet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hi, Val. Congrats. I know oh you've been God. working so hard on this. Oh God. oh God. We did it. Oh, checkers. We did it. <laughs> checkers goes for a high five. Val high fives. Yeah. Yeah. God. Fan art. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking slow motion midair high five we between did, you guys with, and the with, library. With, with, we did it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mission yeah. accomplished. Game over, everybody. Next campaign will be. <laughs> <laughs> and then she kind of turns to the rest of you guys uh, after kind of geeking out with Val for just a second and just says, ah, it's it's really great to, to meet you all. Would you, Val, have have talked a little bit because she may have asked you about kind of your your guild mates would you have talked about them at all or been like oh they'll be around yeah i would have any questions violet would have had val would have answered like uh who they are and i'm sure violet asked a lot of questions about like how the mothman went down and val would have been happy to answer them yeah exactly and and you would know that she's only you've been at the library not just most days, but multiple times most days. Yeah. <laughs> and you only really started seeing her semi-recently, just presumably, and you would know, because she was just coming out of the, you know, was really feeling well enough to come back to work after the Mothman attacked her because she was one of the victims. And Kaskrin is like, presentations are not really in his wheelhouse, no. but like the energy and like success <laughs> is so infectious yeah. that Kaskrin's also like, this is going to be huge news all throughout Agmar. Like this is the first time in decades yeah. that the restricted section has been opened. And so he's really reveling in that energy. And he turns to Violet and is like, he, he hasn't really met her before. He mm-hmm. knows of her from the Mothman attacks, but he goes out and he reaches out his hand for a handshake. Mm-hmm. So she reaches out. There is like almost against your hand. It feels at first like a slight breeze running against your rocky hand until it is just kind of a little bit firmer. Like there is something there as she like reaches holding out. holding your hand out the car window? Yeah, exactly. Where, where just there is kind of this pressure there that if you closed your eyes, you'd be like, yeah, there is. I am shaking someone's hand Okay, uh, as she extends this semi-invisible appendage out to you without a, without a second's thought and just immediately grabs your hand back. Gotcha. Yeah. There's like a moment of like, you know, it's like reaching out for someone who doesn't have arms. It's like, oh, okay, I messed up. But then like feeling that slight pressure, that reassurance, you know, he goes in for the handshake. I hope you have recovered from the recent attacks. You seem to be doing much better, Violet. Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was really bad. I was in the medical center for, gosh, uh, several days. Um, but yeah, I was I was I was well enough uh, just to have a nice night out at the day of returning. And well, that well, you were there, you yeah. know. <laughs> But I saw you guys all there and you guys were amazing. And, and I hope everyone's been telling you, thank you for saving the town and straight for saving me and, and my boyfriend. And the, you guys were incredible. And it was, it was, I mean, it was really, really great. Um, Val, well, told me where, where you were from. And that's where I, I'm from, Kaskrin. So I will cut in at this point and being like, we have to go tell Berga. Violet, I know. All librarians had a bet on this, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of drinks are owed to a lot of people, so doors and ports, it's later. Mo- it's mostly me and Andromeda. We were there, we saw it, we were very confident. 
I appreciate that. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hello, this is your pilot speaking. I would like to welcome you to Reckless Airlines. Our total flight time for this episode is approximately one hour, and we will be cruising at an altitude of 2,000 frog stacks. In a little bit, the fight attendants will be by with complimentary clips and excerpts from previous Reckless Attack episodes. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts, and we would like to thank you for choosing ours. If you enjoyed your experience during today's episode, please be sure to fill out the in-flight survey and leave us a rating or review, or tell a friend. Book your next flight with us at www.recklessattack.com, and thank you for listening. So Violet ushers you guys out, and I'm imagining this is all kind of happening as you're walking and talking as if you were in the West Wing, and you pass by the front desk where Andromeda is still uh, working with a bunch of people, and you see that Serval Rentado, the head in a jar, has already returned to his front station, and you see just very casually one of Andromeda's eyes point to you guys, and an arm comes out of nowhere just like barely over the counter and gives you a very small thumbs up and the eye winks <laughs> while she is working with, you know, patrons and filing things and multitasking. Val um, gives a thumbs up back and like a little like, excited hand. <laughs> it's like not even a thumbs up because she's just a giant spider. It's just like it bends slightly. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, the, the... But... Val and Andromeda are good enough friends that Val totally knows what they <laughs> Well, it's, it's more about vibes, you know? Yeah. It's thumbs like up a vibes. wiggle and it's just like, yeah. It could be a thumbs up. It could be a finger. If, yeah. you don't, if you're not in the know, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to tell. Val will stop and talk to Andromeda because she has requested items from her as well. Yes, yes, indeed. I will like tell the group, like, hey, you all can step outside if you want, but I need to do, I do need to talk to Andromeda real quick. I will say Checkers has already found a book that was being reshelved by an unseen servant and is just like trying to ride on top of it as it gets reshelled. <laughs> <laughs> so you're good to wait yeah, for a second. Yeah, Checkers is fine. I thought you were going to say you were going to steal a book. And no. it's oh, like, God, oh, I no. was about to. Um, <laughs> and Val will mind link cast as she sees Checkers ride off 
I'm just like, <laughs> just on that. Oh my god! And like, Casper in the background, like, looks in that direction and is like slowly drifts <laughs> off camera as the unseen servant moves further down the, yeah. the hall. Maybe so, take self in case it's shelf yeah. in the higher book. Yeah, uh, right. The higher shelf. Uh, take self in case of higher shelves. Yes. <laughs> You get into line, there aren't many people, and Andromeda is very efficient at her job. Eventually, she, you know, you are able to step up, and she just very casually is like, well, th- thank you for coming back around. I know you uh, you put a hold on a book for, um, oh, yes, this uh, this draconic history book. We finally were able to to get to that and process that. It is out in your name, already checked out. Feel free to take it, and with the usual due dates and all that, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. It's a great day. And she passes you. She kind of slides you the book. And as you kind of reach out to take it, she just like pats you on the hand, just like very casually. And then just like goes back and then says, have a lovely day. Val is just beaming <laughs> and like takes the book and hugs it to her chest. It's just like, thanks. <laughs> and, and walks out or goes and just sees where the rest of the group went to. Either way. Yeah, we all get collected and are, are ready to leave. Yeah, exactly. Wow, the library is great. We should come in more often. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> so this is what a library huh, is like. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's a theme park? Yeah. <laughs> no one told me. There's rides here. I don't doubt your statement, but I doubt your motives. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all exit the Agmari Library, feeling good, feeling like you've made some good forward progress, but also knowing... A little bit of like, oh, we have signed ourselves up for something intense, potentially. Uh, But you know also that's probably not your chief concern right now. But still, successful, triumphant, all the good feelings. You start walking back to your guild hall. You see a small group of people who are standing kind of in this big square. Many of them are holding up signs or saying things out loud to passersby that are best summed up by one particular sign that says the gods have abandoned us. They are all shouting things out. Again, not hostile, not in a hostile way, but just kind of in the weird tense way Hmm. that protesters sometimes do. You guys are familiar with this sort of sentiment being on really in Rixia and not just on Agmar. On Rixia, it is kind of accepted religious dogma that the gods once lived amongst the mortals millennia and millennia ago. And then they left. But they left the saints behind them to kind of be emissaries of their spirit and will and kind of the best embodiments and marriages of what it means to be holy and an ideal like knowledge and also be mortal. And then the saints disappeared. Many people were confused by that and were even more confused when the Ultra Giants came and wreaked such destruction on the world that a non-zero amount of people have become essentially convinced that if there were gods and they were here and cared about us, How could they let something like the Ultra Giants happen? And right after the Mothman attacked the city proper is kind of when this demonstration flared up again, where people basically saying, 
How could something like that be let into something like here? How could that exist in a just world? If they were like handed out pamphlets or anything, Val definitely would have stopped and had a conversation uh, with them. Yeah, it was more, it's not even pamphlets. Like it's not so much organized as just people who share the sentiment, if that makes sense. But yeah, you still could have spoken to them. Yeah, Val probably would have, being that they're in the museum square, she would have stopped and had a discussion with one of them. I feel like Val has been a part of several demonstrations because of her mom. Her mm-hmm. mom is definitely the one who had been like organizing them. Yeah. Her mom might not have been like the like passionate one to like spearhead like no we have to go do this but she's like she shows up. She's like the right hand woman of like well I can organize. Yeah, the logistics yeah. kind of kind of protester. Absolutely. But yeah you, you could have absolutely at any point any of you could have interacted with these people who would have said kind of similar things of, again, of just like they are having a lot of trouble putting this the, these kind of two disparate worldviews and experiences of mortals into the world that they live in today. So Cascrain is looking at them and is shaking his head a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of in disappointment. I know that people are scared, but... This is ridiculous. The gods cannot abandon us. They are everywhere. Their life and nature and the tempest. Like, they are forces of the earth. Like, why would they leave? And so it's just like the, the sheer mm-hmm. notion of gods abandoning us. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Cass has a more, has a different understanding than these people do of like literal versus like, the meaning of the gods and that kind of stuff and their yeah. presence he, in like, he things. He gets it, but like the, the premise of it is just like, it doesn't make any sense to him. Yep. I, I'm smiling at the table because I immediately imagined like us discussing this at dinner as mm-hmm. a guild and Val just going straight into Devil's Advocate <laughs> to Cass's <laughs> argument and them like getting into a debate about it and then Val probably not realizing that like Cass doesn't realize she's playing devil's advocate and this is her point of view. <laughs> and then you'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But exactly. just having like a Yeah, just a like debate a, a, about yeah, it, a discussion about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think uh, since Self has a pretty decent passive insight, he's just smiling because he knows you're both making the same point because <laughs> because Val is a cleric. <laughs> and to a god not to a saint which is also not that frequent (laughs) so so he's just kind of you just like you might not be able to tell but he's smiling (laughs) just just watching it unfold back and forth yeah and Cashman like maybe doesn't quite get that but like (laughs) in this particular case seeing these protesters he is just shaking his head just like they don't get it that's not what the gods are yeah yeah Um, And that's definitely something that changes from not just person to person, but culture to culture and that kind of stuff. There's kind of on Rixia a shared, a semi-shared narrative of, of how the world works and the creation and that kind of stuff. But the, the emphasis and the understanding and whatnot changes depending on where you're from. So very reasonable that Cashman would be like, that's just not how this, that's not, that's not how I understand this at all. Right. And Val's coming in with her argument. I was like, well, the saints used to be real. So, like, there's nothing real on the earth anymore. And she's just going into it. <laughs> and then, like, we like, oh, hey, 
by the way, Cass, I don't believe that. I was just arguing that point. Yeah, right. Um, so you guys continue your walk and you get to the guild hall. You see the door is open because it's a nice, still a nice, lovely day. It's not unreasonable. Okay, so you, that's normal. That, yeah, it okay. is not an un, unnormal thing to do. That's a very the fair... door is open, hanging by a hinge. <laughs> <The> re- <laughs> Destruction, right? Everywhere. Exactly. It's not so much a door as a gaping hole. Yeah. No. And the reason that you know in this instance, especially that it is nothing to be alarmed about, is that you can see Berga behind her reception desk, just like peering out the door, just like waiting for you guys, uh, knowing that today was the day. <laughs> as soon as like Val gets in sight of the door, she just starts like kind of jogging, like still hugging this probably giant tome, <laughs> just like power walking and running towards Berga. Berga's just like slowly, so you're just like, her eyes widen slowly as you get closer and then she just slowly starts nodding in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, yeah and so val like rushes to tell berga and just dives straight into like everything that happened yeah and she is just like yelling congratulations like oh thank you are back it's congratulations well yeah that's so good it's so good and is like slapping you all on the back (laughs) and then like leans in to check she's like did the back of beans work did that oh yeah they loved it And she congratulates you guys and is super excited for you all. And again, congratulates each of you, especially because I'm imagining you guys were strategizing about this and were talking about it for a long time. And so it has Berga like specific like how's definitely that? How's that? was our audience for yeah. all of the test <laughs> yeah. presentations that Val made the entire guild go and through. And unfortunately, so was Taroth. Yeah. 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 yeah, actually, actually, that was part of what that, that was part of what Self was going to say was, was you know Self kind of like puts his uh, puts his hand on on Berga's shoulder and just says, um, "Well, we have access." Um, Taroth does not. <laughs> oh no! I no. Okay. I, 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 if it helps, I think Taroth is already forgotten. All of it. <laughs> good, good. Because I, I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page here. And you feel an icy cold breath on your neck, but nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> After you guys kind of uh, have this moment of celebration, she looks at you all and she just says, no rush or anything. The large uh, minotaur man, Garnak, is he's back and he's here. Huh? Uh, and he, he says, no rush, no problem. He was waiting. So take your time, do whatever you want, but is in the meeting room. Val's good to go yeah. Garnack. Yeah, Casquin doesn't really want to keep him waiting. Like yeah. we could, yeah. but now's not the time for a relaxing bath. So, so Self will just kind of <laughs> kind of like close his eyes for a second, just take a deep breath and then exhale <laughs> and then Okay. Val back. excitedly like bouncing, skipping, still clutching a tome to her chest because she hasn't realized this is not like a normal thing that she's just carrying this book around. <laughs> just kind of like pushes her back against the door and like kind of hops in and is like, Garniak, what's up? <laughs> and uh, wherever you want to have met him, I assume kind of the usual like conference roomy kind yeah. of mm-hmm. deal. Um, actually, this time I'm going to say, and this is probably maybe even something that you agreed upon, but Garnack would actually be meeting in the library or in the like the uh, map the room, map room. The map room okay. for maybe pointing out directions. Right. We'll say that yeah. makes sense. Um, and so, but you guys would have known that, or Berger would have told you that that would be where he's waiting. You see Garnack sitting there in an overstuffed, comfy chair, and just has this massive plate of snacks that he has <laughs> uh, eaten a good third of, and you see him just kind of like 
looking down at the fantasy equivalent of a granola bar and just like kind of sniffing it and then just shrugging and eating as you guys <laughs> as you guys enter. Valet comes in and is like, hey, Garnet, how's it going? Ooh, tell me how you like that combination of berries. Berg and I have been working on it. And he has just taken this like very, even for as large as the Minotaur is, takes a probably inappropriately large bite <laughs> when you guys come right in. And so you see him just like, chewing this sticky granola bar for a second. He's just, mm, mm. I'm just thinking. Take mm, your time. Mm. I did make those also with the double amount of honey than I should have, so they're very sticky. It's a little sweet. <laughs> good. It's good. I got a root beer if you want one. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like takes it and just chugs it just in like a quick gulp also sweet but refreshing (laughs) 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 we're just full snacks here Val automatically just kind of like sits at the desk of doing but like turns the chair around to face the room and it's kind of like bouncing thank you I appreciate it and you can see he's immediately trying to be very deliberate (laughs) (laughs) I have information as to a place you could, should maybe go to, to accomplish a thing. May I? You are going to give us a place where we can go meet the person we are going to go meet. Um... He just looks at you like wide eyed where he's like not even sure if he can say yes. But you see just the almost imperceptible, just like tiny nod. (laughs) Understood. And he says, "Uh, "Okay, okay." I told Lorana about you all. She will be somewhere. That you can also be at. Sounds great. I'm thinking this plan so far. Oh, okay. So uh, the way it works is there's like a there's like movement involved. So you need to move to somewhere where she is also moving and you will move to a similar place at a similar time and if if you don't move to there at the time you missed the time okay i'm following that yeah makes complete and utter sense i guess you you guys would also remember that like he was telling you guys the location of the town where she was and now he is maybe telling you where she is going to be but, like, you guys would be like, wait, wait, I thought we were going to a place on a map that, like, a town that you could tell us where they were. And that's not what he Val said. Val has oh, picked up not? that okay. Lorana has a moving town. Like, Val's just assuming this. And or that, or, like, or a, ho- a moving house, moving tower. She's got something that's floating she, somewhere. She <laughs> has made enough or performed enough security measures where her location is constantly moving and then we have a specific opportunity to hitch a ride on mm-hmm. that movement and Val's like yeah of 
course, <laughs> obviously. This feels a lot like a uh, like don't call us, we'll call you kind of thing. Like we just go out there and like hope she'll find us if yeah. she wants to find us. We're, we're going to a phone booth in the hopes that that the yeah. person will be calling. <laughs> yeah, the phone yeah, booth exactly. Yeah. At a specific time. So Kaskrin, as Garnack is talking, is going up to this kind of plain looking table, the parchment uh, along in the map room. And as he touches it, magic infuses the table and brings up this 3D holographic map that fills the room. As Garnak is describing where we should be, Kaskrin is moving the map around and like moving the scenery until he kind of like zooms in to a part in the the world map that is maybe a little bit west, maybe a little bit south of where we currently are and is like, uh, here? Uh, hot? Cold? Uh? And like trying not to give too much away. Absolutely. Not, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And he like looks and kind of like as you are doing that and he's trying to talk through all of this all at the same time, you can tell he's like wanting to react to some things but isn't sure. And he's like, okay, okay. um, And he takes a breath and his mouth hangs open. And a different voice comes out of his throat. Walk between the world's ladders, beyond the lone island grave, and the ruins of old, where a hawk of the land extends its wings. To the west of Agmar, there are. There's a part of the runic road that goes through the mountain ranges. Maybe that's the ladders that this book speaks of. As Kaskrin, like, kind of zooms in on the map, these two enormous mountains fill the space of the map room. He doesn't quite know what the rest of the riddle necessarily means, what the lone island grave or the ruins of old represent, but at least these two enormous mountains kind of give a starting point to the walk between the world's ladders. And he turns towards Garnak to see if there's any sort of reaction. As you are zooming in on this map and kind of talking this out amongst yourselves, anyone who is watching Garnak is very is trying very hard to look cool. But you can see his eyes start to widen as you zoom in and zoom in and adjust the map. You kind of stop zooming in, and you all just kind of look at him, and he just makes eye contact with each of you, and just gives the most tiny, imperceptible nod that he can muster, and then he winces. <laughs> and that's where we'll end this week's episode, everybody. See you next time. Hey. Bye. Hey. I think this will be a good one. It'll be fun. Have some fun with it. It'll be great. Do whatever you feel is appropriate.
will probably be just a lot of a little bit of prep, a little bit of fallout from uh, dunking, uh, from throwing the beans. Ah, um, the beans. I should pull that out. I forgot out. about right. that. Yeah. Actually, the beans. Uh, it's very good. Beans, beans, the dangerous excited. fruit. Uh, what's the name of the uh, thing again? <laughs> bag it's, of beans. It's just bag of beans. Just bag of beans. Yeah. Oh, look, I have second wind. Nice. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> I was looking for that. Wait, I'm sorry. You threw a bag of beans and now you have second wind? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Give me those beans. <laughs>